do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. As I mentioned in the preceding talks of our mission, it is so easy to be afraid. Fear can take hold of us and cause us great distress. As we see in the passage from Isaiah, the Lord continually tells us not to be afraid because He is with us. He wants to help us in our difficulties, especially when we are confronted with illness and infirmity. One of the most powerful ways that we reach out and touch God's compassion and receive His strength and healing is the celebration of the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. It is critical that we not only know this to be true, but that we believe it to be true. And Jesus asked the father of the sick child, How long has he had this? And he said, From childhood. And it has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have pity on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. In this gospel passage from St. Mark, a father comes to Jesus seeking healing for his son. Jesus says to the man, All things can be done for the one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out, I believe. Help my unbelief. We need the Lord to help us in our unbelief. The Catechism of the Catholic Church speaks about the role of faith when it comes to the celebration of the sacraments. The Catechism tells us that the purpose of the sacraments is to sanctify men, to build up the body of Christ, and finally, to give worship to God. Because they are signs, they also instruct. They not only presuppose faith, but by words and objects, they also nourish, strengthen, and express it. That is why they are called sacraments of faith. The Catechism reminds us that when we celebrate the sacrament of the sick, we must believe that Christ will offer healing and that he will strengthen our faith. Jesus is the divine physician who loves us and wishes to heal our infirmities. What if a person is not healed of their illness after they receive this sacrament? Does this mean there is a lack of faith or love? No. This way of thinking would be totally contrary to the truth. Jesus may not heal our illness. However, he will give us the graces that we need at that moment. In the scriptures, each time that someone encountered Christ, they were changed forever. The encounter was transformational. The same thing happens in the sacrament of the anointing. Jesus touches our hearts, and we will never be the same. How Jesus heals is a mystery. The Greek word for sacrament is mysterion, and this definition helps us to understand what happens in the sacrament of anointing. As a priest and bishop, I have celebrated this sacrament many times, 
and I am always amazed at how God works. I remember anointing a man who was quite ill and unconscious. A few days later, his wife told me that he had been agitated and restless for many weeks. However, after the anointing, he seemed to be at peace and was ready for whatever God had prepared for him. At that moment, this man may not have recovered his health. However, he did receive healing. There's another way that this sacrament heals, even though our physical infirmities may remain. The sacrament of anointing forgives sins. In many of the healing accounts in the Gospels, Jesus often links healing and forgiveness of sins. An example of this can be found in the Gospel of Matthew. And just then, some people were carrying a paralyzed man lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. If the forgiveness of sins is linked to healing, then the most profound healing act of Jesus was his suffering and death. During Lent, we focus on the passion of Christ and realize that God allowed his only begotten Son to suffer and die. If Jesus suffered, how can we, his followers, not expect to also suffer? The important thing to remember is Jesus suffered for a reason. He took upon himself our sins and transgressions so that we could be saved. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. Yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole. And by his bruises we are healed. Jesus was able to take what seemed arbitrary and meaningless and give it a purpose. He sacrificed his life on the cross for us so that we could be saved. We see that Jesus' suffering was truly redemptive. To suffer is not something good. We know that in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed these words to his Father. Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not what I want, but what you want. Even though our own suffering may be a great trial for us, it can have some meaning and purpose if it is united to the redemptive suffering of Christ. St. Paul states, I am now rejoicing in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am completing what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the Church. The more we are united to Christ, the more He helps us in our own suffering. That is something that the Church has always proclaimed. In the letter of James, we see how this was done. The following passage is the scriptural foundation for the sacrament of the sick. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the Church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up. And anyone 
who has committed sins will be forgiven. Let us now look more closely at the rite of the anointing of the sick by answering the following questions. Who are the ministers of the sacrament? Only bishops and priests are able to celebrate the sacrament of anointing. As we have just heard in the letter of James, if there is someone who is sick among us, that person's parish should be contacted in order to arrange for the celebration of this sacrament. It can take place at home, in the parish, or in a health care or long-term care facility. When should the sacrament be celebrated? The sacrament of anointing used to be called extreme unction, the last anointing. It was and still is understood by many Catholics to be more of a preparation for death rather than a healing sacrament. Consequently, family and friends are often reluctant to call the priest until the person is near death. The Catechism of the Catholic Church clarifies this misunderstanding and confirms that the sacrament of anointing is not only for those close to the point of death, but is available to those requiring the healing grace of the sacrament. The Church teaches that this sacrament is fitting for those suffering from a grave illness and near death, but it is quite appropriate for people facing a serious operation as well. The anointing of the sick can also be received multiple times as the need arises. How is this sacrament celebrated? The rite begins with the Liturgy of the Word. Then the bishop or priest lays hands on the head and prays for the sick person. The forehead and hands are anointed with the oil of the sick. The sacrament can be celebrated either individually or communally. What are the effects of the sacrament? The Catechism teaches us that the grace of this sacrament gives strength to the sick person as he or she is united more closely to the Passion of Christ. The suffering that comes from illness takes on new meaning when it is seen as a sharing in the saving work of Christ. The sacrament of anointing can also help us prepare for our departure from this life. Just as baptism was the sacrament that began our sharing in the death and resurrection of Jesus, the final anointing offers its completion. We were anointed at the beginning, and we will be anointed at the end of life. Very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, my blood is true drink. When a person receives the anointing of the sick as a preparation for death, the bread of life is also provided. That is called viaticum, food for the journey. The Catechism states that the Eucharist is here the sacrament of passing over from death to life, from this world to the Father. It is important to remember that the sacrament of anointing is for those who are experiencing illness or infirmity. It can also be a preparation for those who are near death. Like all sacraments, it is celebrated for the living, not the dead. 
The sacrament of anointing is one important way we are able to touch God's compassion and love.